الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الحسد يأكل الحسنات كما تأكل النار الحطب أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah my kiram Brothers and elders <coughs> We are already very close to the Mubarak month of Ramadan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam right at the beginning of Rajab would express his enthusiasm would express his eagerness to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan and in expressing this eagerness where when the moon of Rajab used to be sighted Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to make this dua Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Sha'ban Ya Allah grant us barakat in the months of Rajab and Sha'ban Rajab itself is a Mubarak month it's one of the Ashhurul Hurum, the sacred months and Nabi Islam is making special dua for Barakat in this month and in the month of Sha'ban and then وَبَلِّغْنَا Ramadan. Ya Allah enable us to reach the month of Ramadan so this was the eagerness that was shown two months in advance this was Ta'aleem for us this was actually teaching the ummah that this is the manner in which you should be focusing long in advance in order to prepare yourself that when this season comes like a person who is in business so there are certain seasons in the year when business reaches its peak so now the December period is a business period so the person at the first on the first of December starts deciding what should he order and what kind of preparations he should make in order to maximize his business for the month of December so any person in business says this person doesn't know what he's doing in life any person who has the slightest idea of business and business trends and how business works and how a person should maximize see this person is not interested in business he's probably just passing time so for dunya we understand that in order to maximize profits then the effort has to start long in advance and in every other thing in life we understand this principle that a person has to plan in advance because the person who doesn't plan in advance then he's not going to get the maximum benefit so we understand this in everything else yet when it comes to deen then everything will take its course we'll cross that bridge when we come to it sometimes it'll be too late that time might come when we are already suddenly out of this world we have to be crossing the bridge of Sirat then it's too late to prepare there for that bridge that bridge we have to prepare for from now so likewise the Mubarak month of Ramadan is not far off from us and we are supposed to be preparing for this Mubarak month how we are supposed to prepare in various ways increasing our ibadat already making sincere toba, cleansing ourselves and this aspect of cleansing ourselves is what we wish to just concentrate a little on today 
But there is some kind of function in one's home, some occasion, there's a wedding, there's some... In fact, we shouldn't even... The word wedding has its own connotations, we should just rather say nikah. So it's a translation, but wedding evokes a very different picture nowadays in the mind. And Allah forbid, a very big part of that picture is haram. Of dancing and music and money being wasted at, without any consideration of anything. So we'll just rather use the word nikah, which is the sunnah of Rasulullah and a very great ibadat. So now there's one nikah taking place in the home. So the preparations for that commence long in advance. Whereas that actual occasion, function as you may call it, whatever, that walima, is a couple of hours, one day, everything is over. But the preparations are long done beforehand. That house is, even though it's looking clean, but it's repainted sometimes, everything is made spick and span. Because there's a very great occasion coming. There's a very important occasion coming. So one of the things that is given very great importance to is everything must look very clean. So just as we want to clean everything and super clean it in terms of our dunya, in terms of our homes, our cars and everything else, Allah Ta'ala also wants to see our hearts clean. And this is one of the major efforts to make before this Mubarak month of Ramadan comes. That we clean our hearts out. Clean our hearts out from everything that it should be cleaned out from. Clean our hearts out from all the evils, all the filth. This requires sincere toba. We are all insan. Insan is insan. We are human. We are weak. We can err and we do err. And we falter. We make mistakes. We sometimes make huge blunders. But Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are wide open for those who come. Allah Ta'ala's doors of mercy are waiting for those who lift their hands and beg from Him. لا تيأسوا من روح الله إنه لا يأسوا من روح الله إلا القوم الكافرون Allah Ta'ala says, don't ever become despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. This is not the thing of a believer that he ever loses hope in Allah Ta'ala. But, he doesn't delay also. While on the one hand he doesn't lose hope, he always has hope in Allah Ta'ala. But he also is conscious of this reality that the moments of hope might tick away in a moment also. And if life is gone, then it's too late. So while we have this breath still, we are still breathing, to come back to Allah Ta'ala in all sincerity. So, one is to make tawbah from all the things that we might have fallen in, whatever haram, somebody is something, somebody is something else. We all know what is our life. And between us and Allah Ta'ala to clean that out and clear that out. So, one is in terms of the rights of Allah Ta'ala. Then, together with that, there are outstanding rights in terms of the obligations that Allah Ta'ala has placed on us. There's some qaza salah left. There are fasts that are not completed. There are some monetary obligations to be fulfilled and discharged. All this cleanup should start. Should start in earnestness now. Because we want to get to that Mubarak moment of Ramadan in a clean state. Person comes for his nikah, he doesn't want to come shabby. That nikah is a union between two insan. And Ramadan is an occasion to bond ourselves with our Rabb. To link ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. 
So for this bonding of insan, there's so much of effort made, there's so much of time given to it, so much of money spent into it. What about the effort required to bond ourselves with our Rabb, with our Creator? Who has given us this life, who sustains us, with whose permission we are breathing every second and millisecond, and without whose help we cannot even exist for one moment. So, what amount of effort needs to be put for that? So therefore this is one cleaning that requires to be done. Sincere Tawbah, begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, reaffirming that allegiance to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you are my Rabb. You are my creator and sustainer. And I am entirely your slave and servant. So therefore I need to be totally obedient to you alone. So whatever your obligations are as of now, that is going to be something I'm going to give the highest priority to. My five times salah, nothing will come in between me and my salah anymore. That this is the highest priority in my life now. If my zakat is outstanding, I'm going to fulfill whatever is outstanding now. Whatever the obligations of deen, whatever sins I've been committing, I'm making toba from it now. And this is my firm pledge that I won't go back to it. Those means of sins that have been causing me to become distant from my Rabb, then that also I'm going to now remove from my life. So all this is one part of cleanliness. But in any case, just to take it to another point, that there are other things that we have to clean from our hearts as well. Which is included in what we have discussed, but to be more specific. Just to understand this in the light of one dua of Rasulullah At the beginning of the day, there is one very beautiful, very comprehensive dua that Nabi Islam used to make. And likewise at the beginning of the night. Allah's Nabi Wasallam in fact gave us a very great virtue for this dua to be recited. That in one hadith Nabi Wasallam is reported to have said that the person who recites this dua at the beginning of the day then فَقَدْ أَدَّى شُكْرَ يَوْمِهِ Then he has fulfilled the gratitude of that day which is such a great ibadat to start off with shukr and an obligation on us that we express our gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for His ni'mas and bounties. Countless favors that we benefit from every moment. So Allah's Nabi used to make this dua and this was ta'aleem for us to make this dua. Allahumma ma asbaha bi min ni'matin aw bi ahadim min khalqik faminka wahdak la sharika lak falaka alhamdu wa laka shukr. And the same dua in the evening with a slight variation of the word Allahumma ma asbaha in the morning in the evening, Allahumma ma amsa bi min ni'ma aw bi ahadim min khalqik faminka wahdak la sharika lak falaka alhamdu wa laka shukr Now what is this dua all about? What is this great virtue? Person recites it in the morning, he has fulfilled the gratitude of the ni'mas of that day. He recites it in the evening, then the shukr that was compulsory for him for the night, he has fulfilled that. How simple Allah has made it for us. But obviously together with this, and inshallah this will become the tawfiq of the reality of shukr. That we then use the bounties and ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala in his obedience. And we don't show the highest level of ingratitude by using it in his disobedience. So in any case this is the virtue. But what is the lesson in it also? A person is starting off his day. 
And at the beginning of the day, he's expressing shukr to Allah Ta'ala in which words? One is to just say Alhamdulillah, that is also shukr. But the words give us a very, very deep lesson. Allahumma ma asbaha bi min ni'mah. Ya Allah, this morning and today, whatever bounties, whatever benefits, whatever favors, and they are innumerable, countless. Ya Allah, all your bounties and favors that, whatever bounties and favors I have, Ya Allah, whatever I have, aw bi ahadim min khalqik. Ya Allah, anybody and the entire face of this earth, any of your creation, whatever bounties and favors they enjoy, Famin ka wahdak. Ya Allah is from you alone. Nobody and nobody has given anything to anyone. Allah alone has given. Allah Ta'ala wills, He might make somebody the means. But Allah Ta'ala alone is the giver. No insan can give anybody anything. And no makhluk can give anybody anything. Allah Ta'ala wills, then Allah Ta'ala put in somebody's heart. Allah Ta'ala will put in the heart of the customer to go somewhere. If Allah Ta'ala doesn't will, no customer will walk into that shop at all. So Ya Allah, whatever I have is from you alone. Now when a person has brought this reality in his heart, Ya Allah, nothing is mine. And nothing is my achievement. Nothing is out of my intelligence. What I think is my intelligence. Ya Allah, nothing is out of my effort. What I think I have made a lot of effort for. Ya Allah, nothing and nothing at all has played any role in what I have. Ya Allah, it's all alone from you. When a person has brought this reality in his heart, then it will not leave any place for pride. Because this is among the things that makes a person become proud and arrogant. I can do what I want because I have this wealth at my disposal. I have this power. And as a result, I can call the shots. And I can deal with people as I wish. And I can oppress who I want. I can trample the rights of anybody. And I can, after all that, I can just click my fingers and I'll get done what I want to do. So this is something which on the one hand is a very great ni'mat. But if it is not channeled correctly, it has the potential to create tremendous pride and arrogance in a person. Every morning and every evening with this recitation of dua, he is reminding himself, Ya Allah, nothing is mine, I have played no role in it. Whatever appears to be my role in it is only your grace also. One little slight, one nerve just gets crossed somewhere. The slight is such a fine nerve sometimes, not even easily visible with the eye. And just gets crossed somewhere, two nerves just touch each other and the person is paralyzed. So what was his effort? And what was his great doing? Only Allah Ta'ala's grace, Allah Ta'ala allowed everything to function, allowed his mind to think, allowed him to see things the way he should have seen it, and then make decisions that would have been in his favor. But Allah Ta'ala allowed it to do. Otherwise the most glaring thing and a person cannot see what's what. How he'll harm himself he cannot understand. And then he does things which will totally destroy him. Destroy his family, destroy his relationships with people, destroy everything. And destroy his dunya, destroy his akhirat. But when the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala is taken away, he cannot see any different. He just goes like a blind person into anything, and he cannot see how he himself is harming himself. So this is all dependent on Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq. So he's reminding himself. 
Now this is the first thing to clean ourselves out. This pride, arrogance, and all these things. And to become the true humble servants of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala loves this humility. And this humility has to be displayed in every sphere of life. Whether with our own, whether with others. Whether with our wife and wives and children, whether with our neighbors, our superiors, our juniors, our employees, or whether with the employer for that matter. And to all the time be conscious that if I am above anybody, outwardly, it is because Allah Ta'ala has made this decree, Allah Ta'ala can change it the other way around also. In a moment it can turn around too. So not to abuse that apparent superiority that Allah Ta'ala has given me over somebody, I am also the slave of Allah Ta'ala and the others are also the slaves of Allah Ta'ala. So this pride and arrogance, this is what we are being taught to completely rid ourselves of. And to all the time be conscious about the day of Qiyamah when dealing with people. That just as today I am above somebody, tomorrow I am going to have to answer for how I dealt with him. What kind of decisions I made? Was it based on justice and fairness? Or was it based on how I wanted to do things anyhow? So this is the one very important lesson. And then the other thing is, Ya Allah, whatever you have blessed anybody else also, or whatever bounties and favors anybody else has in this dunya, Ya Allah, all that is also from you alone. It's only your blessing and favor on that person. So if a person has this reality in his heart, where will it leave place for any jealousy? When he realizes deep down in his heart that what he has to is not his really. It's Allah Ta'ala's gift. Then this will clean pride out. And when he is all the time conscious what others have also is from Allah Ta'ala. So what right do I have to be jealous over somebody else's bounties and favors and na'mas that Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with? I should be happy for this. And this is the prescription to remain happy. Because a person has limited number of things with him and others have more than him. And if he's always happy for others, he'll be more happy. He has 10 things and somebody has 20. So he's got 30 things to be happy about now. And if he's all the time grieved about what others have, neither he's going to be happy about them, he won't be happy about what he has himself. That's a sure prescription for every misery. And Nabi Islam wants us to clean our hearts. He wants us to have this heart shining just as we want to see our home shining, see our car shining, see our clothing shining. Nabi Islam wants us to have our hearts clean towards everybody. And to have our hearts totally shining in front of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the lesson in so many different ways Nabi Islam emphasized this. In one hadith, Nabi Islam, it is reported he addressed Hazrat Anas radiallahu ta'ala. And with such love, with such compassion, that Ya Bunayya, O my beloved son, in qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahad. The same hadith also, this dua is a morning dua, it's an evening dua. Nabi Salaam gives us a similar lesson in this hadith sharif. Whether morning or whether evening, the crux of it is, keep your heart completely clean and do whatever it takes. This is the crux of this. In qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiha, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahad. That do whatever it takes to keep your heart completely clean. Whatever you have to spend to keep it clean. 
Whatever effort you have to make to keep it clean, it's all a very cheap bargain. The person sometimes has to make a very big investment. The returns will come very much later. 20 years down the line will come. And he had to put in a tremendous amount of capital in it. And he had to run half the world. And he says, but after 20 years, the returns that will come, this is a cheap bargain. All the effort and time that was spent in it, and day and night became one, and I had to sacrifice the time with my family for months on end, and put in all these hundreds of thousands, millions of rands in it. But when the returns come, all this will be worth the while. So likewise, a person who is looking ahead, that this dunya is a very, very small place and a very temporary place. And the returns are all for the akhirah. This dunya is a very small place to be able to take the returns. Like a person is being promised, you'll be given a mountain of gold, but he's got a small little house, where he's going to put the mountain of gold? And there's no other place for him. This is very, a very, very tiny example to try and understand what Allah, what Allah wants to give us. Dunya is too small a place for it. Allah has kept Jannat for that. So when a person understands his reality and he's looking ahead, then he understands whatever effort it takes to make. And whatever sacrifices it takes to keep the heart clean, it's a small effort and it's a cheap bargain. This is what Nabi Islam is saying to us. And then to exhort us further. Why must we do this? Nabi Islam says that keep your heart clean at any cost. Because that is my way of life. That is my way, that is my sunnah. That is how I keep my heart. And then that Man ahabba sunnati faqad ahabbani. The one who loves my sunnah. And loving the sunnah is not just that a person loves something and that's where it stops. When a person loves something, then he moves to acquire it. He wants to have it. He is searching for it. If he lost something that he loves, or he has come to know that something that he loves dearly is available somewhere, then he makes day and night want to find it. Now a person loves the sunnah, but there is no effort to try and acquire the sunnah. The person loves the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but there is no thirst to search for what is the way of life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What was his day? What was his night? How did he, did he wake up in the morning and commence his day? What did he require or how did he advise that how should a person perform his salah? How should he live with his family? What kind of heart should he have? And this is what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is saying to us in this hadith. That this is my way, this is my heart. And you love my sunnah, you love my heart. And you love my heart, you want to make yours like that also. The one who loves my sunnah will be with me in Jannat. Now this is that cleanliness of the heart that we are being told to acquire. This month of Ramadan that is coming, like that occasion comes in somebody's home, he makes efforts long in advance to clean that house and to make it shine and everything must be spick and span and better than new. Now this is a time for this great moment of Ramadan coming. To clean our hearts of all this. Just to quickly finish off on one hadith, one incident, once just the crux of it. Nabi Wasallam mentioned that somebody will pass here just now. If you want to see somebody from Jannah, see him. person walking on earth is being given the glad tidings of Jannah. Somebody passed by, doesn't, nothing extraordinary being seen upon him. And he just went. In any case, this happened three times. One Sahabi became very curious. What is so special about him? So long incident just to get to the crux of it. He went and finally made some excuse and spent three nights with him. To just observe what he does. He saw everything is ordinary about him, like everybody else. He woke up in the late part of the night, made some ibadat, but he didn't spend the whole night in ibadat. 
There was nothing very, very extraordinary about him. So after three days, he finally told him, look, I had no real problem anywhere else that I came to spend the days with you. What really happened is this was the glad tidings Nabi Islam gave about you. That for three days in a row, he said, somebody wants to see any person of Jannah, see this person. What do you do? I didn't see anything special about you. So when he gave the whole story, the Sahabi says to him, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Asad, he says to the person, that, ma huwa illa ma ra'ayta. What you have seen, that is it. Whatever you've seen, I've got nothing beyond, besides, besides that. My day is in front of you, you've seen my night as well now. So when he became disappointed from getting anything else, Hazrat Abdullah ibn Amr started leaving. So as he started leaving, the Sahabi calls him again. He said, okay, look, listen one more thing. Whatever you have seen, that is it. But, there's something you haven't seen which is inside. Yes, there's one other thing. One other thing is, there is no malice in my heart for any Muslim. And I don't harbor any jealousy for him, for what Allah has blessed him with. This is what Allah Ta'ala had given him on the Mubarak tongue of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala gave him the glad tidings of Jannah while walking on earth. This is the cleanliness that we have to, together with all the things we discussed initially, cleaning ourselves off of all the sins, making sincere tawbah, bringing ourselves onto the commands of Allah Ta'ala, onto the way of life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then this month of Ramadan will come and make a change in our lives. Otherwise the day of Eid will come, it won't even give any sign that Ramadan has just passed. Life will be like nothing has changed. All the sins that a person didn't commit in Ramadan, he'll try and make qaza of it on the day of Eid. Allah Ta'ala protect us and forbid. So this is, the, the reason for it is we've never made the preparation in advance. We didn't show that enthusiasm. We didn't start increasing istighfar. We didn't start increasing our ibadat. We didn't start making sincere tawbah to Allah Ta'ala start removing the sins from our lives. So when the Mubarak month comes, another time came, yes, we'll just fast also, maybe make some Taraweeh Salah and everything carries on like nothing happens. Allah Ta'ala protect us from this kind of, this inclination from the Mubarak month and ingratitude to this great favor, Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq of gaining the maximum from this month and becoming His two servants.